Mini episode 1530 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode 1530. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris, and I have with me today two of our favorite FDH Lounge dignitaries, good friends of mine. We uh, generally get together when it's the three of us. You know that it's pretty much uh, almost always going to be to talk baseball as the three of us do together, and this occasion is no different. We're previewing the 2022 MLB playoffs. And uh, again, this is a thing where this has been a panel that we've done the last couple of years on the show, and it, has, it made a very good uh, panel uh, for a number of things. But uh, in the spring, every year, we do our tribute, of course, to our late broadcast colleague, Don Coster. And uh, Don specifically, like myself, was a sidekick to one of these two gentlemen here back at the old late lamented Sports Talk Network. Life's a pitch with Ken Detweiler back in the day, and that was a show that uh, we would do together, and uh, a lot of a lot of good times, a lot of laughs, uh, some great uh, charity marathons here. We were doing fundraisers for the Carol Morris Scholarship Fund at Bowling Green State University, and these guys were good sports to do the uh, fundraisers with me. And uh, again, as we underscore when we do this every uh, spring, uh, just how much we miss uh, Don personally and professionally, uh, and of course, uh, the memories between uh, Ken and myself uh, are ongoing here. We continue to write new chapters, Ken and I, as we go along, and uh, we're going to do another one here today. So, Ken, always a pleasure. Great to have you on, big guy. Hey, thank you, and uh, good to have Steve on board, as always, and uh, it just occurred to me as I'm listening to you, and very rarely do I listen to you, Rick, but... Uh, <laughs> At this point, I I know why the show Life's a Pitch is not on anymore. Okay. Both of you and Don have gone to Ohio University. That's right. <laughs> Had you been an Akron Zip, you know, it, we're probably we'd be flourishing now, now still. But uh, oh well. You're, you're talking a lot of smack for a guy whose team's got to face the Bobcats on the gridiron in the next couple of days. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> we do. Yeah, you are you are reminding me at the moment of uh, our mutual friend who we were just talking about off air here, uh, FDH Lounge dignitary Anthony Patron, who uh, I have just yes. been informed late breaking news. Uh, lights a pitch. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm getting them confused here. The unheard scene. The unheard scene may be coming back in some oh, form or fashion. The music discovery show. So. I will have to wait till I get off here to go through uh, Anthony's text in detail, and he attached some pictures. We'll see, but fingers crossed for relaunching that. And, uh, of course, when it comes to uh, broadcast excellence, uh, there is an entity that is uh, ongoing here uh, to this day, and that would be the Callous Remarks podcast with our good friend 
FDA's lounge dignitary, Steve Callis. Uh, this is the latest manifestation of his career in uh, broadcast journalism, things that he's done over the years in both terrestrial radio and television. And now, of course, this uh, program here with our good friend Joe Stazak, uh, beaming that out every week, as well as being the editor, the sports editor, I should say, of WestchesterCountyPost.com. My good friend, always a pleasure to bring him in for this to talk baseball or anything, Steve Callis. Steve, good to have you on today, yeah. buddy. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you guys always, early and late. We'll see how it shakes out this year, but it's a real pleasure, and uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, great to have both of you guys on. I've been looking forward to doing this. This is always a pleasure whenever we get this roundtable together and get a chance to break things down. And uh, I just, I guess we'll start with sort of a general overview, kind of going into this postseason, if there's anything we learned from this season. Uh, coming into the playoffs here this year. Uh, it is a season that has been relatively chalky in a number of ways. The perennial powers, the teams that we end up talking about every October, for the most part, they are still represented here. Uh, over the last several years, the Dodgers, the Astros, the Yankees uh, have been a constant. To whatever degree, the Cardinals, the Rays, uh, we, we have them in there. Uh, Atlanta has sort of taken the place of Washington. There was sort of that transition here in the NL East the last couple of years as far as the team being a constant. Uh, but uh, as we go to look at this here, I'll start with you, Ken. Uh, just any kind of general thoughts you have coming into this playoff year and things that we can expect? I think it's, well, a lot of people, a lot of the games, a lot of these teams have a lot of chances. I don't see anybody. Uh, everybody's got flaws. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, um, and it's just like I was watching the Yankees game earlier today, the first game, and uh, it was like they were talking about how they don't have pitching now in the bullpen and this and that, you know. And yeah, I don't know. Um, but the other and the other New York team, who I thought, as we mentioned, talked earlier, Rick, um, the Metropolitans, I had them in the World Series, and uh, boy, after just taking in the shorts there. When the Braves came to town, or pl- when they played the Braves, rather, I just was like, uh, "I wonder how these guys are going to rebound from this." So yeah, that's a good point, and I will say too, just sort of, you you made a good point there, and it sort of reminded me of one that I wanted to make, which is when you look at the rosters here, and you just if you're just doing like a raw statistical breakdown of these teams, just about all of them in the field. I mean, the Dodgers might perhaps be the exception to the rule, and the fact that they're going to put up one of the greatest records of all time in the regular season might show why. But almost any other yeah. team in the playoffs, if they have an injury or two, there's a guy going to be in their lineup where it's not just like, how is this guy in a starting lineup, but how is this guy in the big leagues? <laughs> like, almost nobody's immune from that. I mean, the depth out yeah. there is just kind of shocking. So... It's, it's really kind of spread out here. So uh, I don't know if that's anything, Steve, that has really occurred to you very much in terms of looking at this or what your general thoughts are, but I'll, I'll throw it to you right now. Well, I think there's been too many injuries, as we always talk about. How did these guys do what they did 20, 30, 50 years ago? I think if today's guys wore the uniforms that those guys wore 50 years ago, the thick wool and stuff, <laughs> I, I think they'd all be losing 20 pounds. But you're right, coupled with, I think, the shift, which – We'll talk next year about it going away. But I think the shift, you see guys routinely go up to bat and they're hitting, you know, 
195. I'm not even talking about Joey Gallo. Right. Um, either with the Yankees or the oh, no Yankees or Dodgers, he's a 160 hitter. Right. But yeah. and I know he's never been a great hitter. But when you just look at the guys, that's why, for example, and I'm sure we'll talk briefly about it. Aaron Judge hitting 311, battling for the triple crown. Goldschmidt hitting like I don't know 325 or something. He can't win the triple crown. I think Judge has a small chance. But um, if you see a guy hit 280 nowadays, to me that's like 315. Right. And I just don't know yeah. how that happened. I understand the shift had, but it's the shift coupled with injuries. Nobody can stay on the field. Um, I'll make my same shocking pick that I made at the beginning of the year because I just don't want to pick the favorites. Although I think you're right, Rick, when you talk about essentially the chalk. You know, it's Dodgers Astros is the chalk, mm -hmm. and I would never pick both favorites. As you know, if it's a horse race, I never pick the favorite. But in the two horse race, I'll pick one of them. But I think that's the problem. And I'll also just my annual. Are you kidding me? More teams in the playoffs. I mean, such a money grab. Let's make yeah. it a three. Let's make it a three game, and not a one game. Now, as you know, in the old days, going back to '51, Bobby Thompson, the Giants won the pennant. The Giants won the pennant. All of those playoffs were three games. Yes. And then eventually they cut it to one game. And now I just think it's a joke to add teams. It just so cheapens the regular season. It's not the seven, eight, nine, ten play in NBA fiasco. That's that's the worst I can think of. But I'm disappointed there are more teams. Yes, it's all about the money. Yes, if your team's close. Uh, and it's again, it's worse in the NBA. Yeah, my team's ten games under five hundreds. But if we could just sneak into tenth. We're going to get our heads kicked in by the number one or two seed if we beat the seven. I mean, that's just the reality of it all. And the, the statistics already prove that out. But having said all that, it's been a pretty good season, what Judge has done. Uh, my final disappointment before we start talking is, uh, and I'll be interested to see what you guys think because you're not New York guys. Um, nobody, I, I think Major League Baseball sent out a memo. Uh, do not even mention Aaron Judge as uh, potentially the uh, all-time home run leader. Even though Barry Bonds uh, was a joke, and McGuire was a joke, and Sosa was a joke, they're all steroids guys. And the notion that all they're talking about is, oh, he can break the American League record. Right. I'm, I'm oh. sick of that. I think he's the record holder. I think Hank Aaron's the all-time home run leader. Right. Yeah. I don't know if anyone could look at you with a straight face and say, oh, Barry Bonds, 762, he never failed the drug test. Well, go read Game of Shadows, the paperback edition. It's the best research book I've ever read about sports. And you'll read that book, and if you think he didn't do stuff, then, you know, you're, you're, you've got your mind closed. You know, you're not even listening to what, what's in that book. But having said all that, I think what he's done, whether he gets it or not, he's certainly pressing now just to knock all the New York guys, oh, he hasn't changed the thing. He's not chasing pitches. Yes, he is. Not only is he chasing pitches out of the zone, he's swinging a lot first ball now. Now, that's not a bad thing, but um, if you watch him all year like I have, when he fouls the ball back, it goes back to the right. And in the old days of hitting 40 through 50 through 60, when he was on it, they went straight back. And I'm sure both of you guys know, if you get a foul ball straight back, you're like an inch away, maybe an inch yep. and a half from a home run. Yep. <laughs> just, just, so, just missed it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm disappointed. I think he is pressing. I don't know that he'll ever admit it. He's a classy guy. Him coming out of the dugout after number 60 was exactly Roger Maris coming out of the dugout after 61. They essentially made him go out, and he just gave like a half-hearted wave and ran back in. The Maris stuff is classic if you ever, you know, they're showing it a hundred times a day in New York, of course, you know. But uh, I'm disappointed 
not look. The record is the record. Even Judge said that. But I'm disappointed. But that there hasn't been more to me already. After what, 20 years, 22 years, 1998, 24 years, it's like yeah. it's accepted. It's accepted that that's the record because uh, I think oh. there should be an asterisk. Right. Yeah, and I, and I I don't. They're not talking to the fans, people who want watch the game and love the game. Uh, You're right. Because I think the vast majority would agree with you 100 percent, Steve. I it's agree. Just, uh, and and you know what? With with the stress that Judge is under, you know, at least he's not losing his hair. <laughs> I mean, right? Like no, that's right. Hairs. There's a tremendous amount of stress with that. I can't, especially in that market, just yep. going after the record, even if it was in Kansas City or Cleveland. I mean, honest to gosh, I can't imagine. Yeah, um, but there's there's a lot oh, that comes up. with that, and this is one of these things where. And uh, what's been kind of trendy the last couple of years, and this is one of the only trendy things that I'm not going to bag on because I am a wrestling guy, but this whole thing of giving championship belts <laughs> for different accomplishments here, and the whole thing of American League home run king, why don't we give him the Bruno Sammartino Worldwide Wrestling Federation belt, okay? Because that's about as relevant as anything American League. This has essentially been... For, since. since since interleague play started, it's, it's essentially been the American Conference and the National Conference. Now, with having the Universal DH, we've wiped out the last vestige of differences between the two quote-unquote leagues. And again, we're the dinosaurs that grew up when they were distinct leagues, and it was league pride at the All-Star Game and everything Absolutely. like that. So, yeah, I mean, yep. that, that doesn't mean crap at this point here. So, yeah, I mean, American League home run king. That's what they're going to hang their hat on, I suppose. But uh, as far as looking at the playoffs here, uh, let's as we go around here, let's let's take this first gulp up to the divisional series or past that uh, to the championship series, I should say. Because again, candidly, as we're recording this Tuesday night, there are some things that may be a bit in flux uh, as far as what some of the outcomes will be. I think. We know at this point what all of the matchups are going to be. We at least know the teams that are going to be in uh, at this point. But I'll, I'll start it off here. As far as the wild card round in the American League, and I'm willing to make specific picks here, uh, I'm going to say Cleveland over Tampa Bay in three. Uh, if it ends up being Seattle, I would say Cleveland in three as well. I think it's a good matchup for Cleveland as far as neither one of those teams, I think, is going to be able to expose the Cleveland team offensively. This is something where, uh, again, a way more slapdastic team than we're used to seeing in October. That said, contact and advancing runners does matter a little bit more in October than the regular season. So that's why I think they can get through the first round. Uh, Toronto, as of this moment, would play Seattle. I'm going to say Toronto uh, in three. I would say in two if they were playing Tampa Bay. I think Toronto is especially a solid favorite over Tampa Bay. Uh, in the National League, I, I, I would say, uh, or actually, we'll, we'll save the National League for a, for a bit later. But uh, for the Divisional Series, that leaves Houston and the Yankees uh, as the one and two seeds hosting whoever. I think these could both be very, very good series. Uh, I'm going to say Houston over Toronto in five. I think the Blue Jays can take them uh, all the way in that one. I would say the Yankees over Cleveland in four. So I think we get yet another Houston-Yankees matchup. Uh, in the league championship series, which I'm sure will be causing post-traumatic stress syndrome all over the Big Apple, <laughs> if that ends up happening, Ken. So. Yeah, we'll just be banging drums with the whole series. That's right. That's right. Oh. So uh, it, uh, 
I'll I'll throw it to you, uh, Steve. How how do you see uh, shaping up through the champion uh, the divisional series round heading into the championship series? How do you see that in the American League? Well, you, you you may recall that my initial pick at the beginning of the year was the Rays and the Dodgers in the World Series, and the reason I picked Tampa uh, was quickly destroyed when Brandon Lau and uh, Zunino. That would be 72 home runs in 19 uh, in 2021. Uh, both were lost for the season. And Kiermaier, arguably the best center fielder in baseball, was also lost for the season. Right. And they've had a ton of other injuries. Whenever you see the, oh, what was me? The Yankees have so many injuries. They put up the list of the Rays one time. It was like 20 guys, mm-hmm. literally 20 guys. You could have had a good major league team from 20 guys. So I will, after much thought, because I didn't want to pick the Astros to win the American League because they're still the cheaters. To me, they'll never, they're not the Astros. They're the cheaters. I will go as much respect as I have for the Guardians. And I'll just give a shout out to my friend in Cleveland, Tom Reed, mm-hmm. who you, Rick, will know as the former bowling coach at Oberlin, but yeah. also now just gives lessons to pros in his own right. Um, and he's now the coach of Notre Dame. There's a college out by you that's Notre Dame that's not Notre Dame. On the east but side, not, yes. Not, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. He coaches the girls' team, and they're nationally ranked. He's a heck of a guy and a heck of a coach, but he's a diehard Indians fan forever. Wow. And he wrote a thing that I would direct you and any other Cleveland fans to that he posted on Speaking of Sports with Steve Callis. And it is so detailed that I just took a couple of things. So this is the Cleveland Guardians pitch. And you guys probably know all this. They have the 27th payroll, $69 million. Uh, and they put up a thing, the payrolls, and then they put, like, the war for the top eight Guardians and the war for the top eight Yankees. Yeah. And the Guardians have a higher war for the top eight guys than the Yankees do, which is right. pretty interesting. For, you know, one-third of the money, literally one-third of the money. Right. Uh, they also have the fewest strikeouts and the highest contact rate in Major League Baseball. And he just writes, for example, which you guys will love, yeah, they run hard. They're second in the AL in stolen base, and they're second in triples. Mm -hmm. And when you read the whole thing, there's there's ten other things after that. I just use those as an example to show he thinks that the Guardians can beat the Yankees, and I think virtually anybody can beat the Yankees for what you were talking about, Ken. They're pitching. uh, You know, they've had guys come on late, but Garrett Cole in the big game, I have no, I have no confidence in him. The question in New York now is: Garrett Cole going to pitch Game One? If they do, they're just pitching him Game One because he's making three hundred and fifty million or whatever he's making. I don't even know what he's making. Uh, but Severino lately threw seven innings and no hit ball yesterday. They took him out because he's only come back off the injured list like a week or two ago. And the day before that, the nasty Nestor Cortez struck out twelve, one hit, seven innings. They've both been pitching much better than Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Their bullpen, they just lost a guy, and I'll give you a, well, I won't get to the Yankees yet because we're not there yet. But for me, I'm going to pick the Rays over the Guardians. Okay. And here's why. They have no, they have little chance on paper. I agree. But McClanahan was a superstar first half, made the all-star team, got hurt, just came back off the list maybe two weeks ago. His last start was very good against the Astros. Tyler Glass now. Yesterday, I think, pitched three and a third innings or the day before. His second start in 471 days. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. But already, after pitching really well since he's been back, again, only two, like, four-inning starts. 
Kevin Cash said he's my game two starter. So you got to face, the Guardians have to face McClanahan and Glasnow, who in my mind are elite pitchers if healthy. Yeah. And then the third guy, how would this be for irony? I'm not saying it is going to be him. They haven't announced yet. But the third guy might be Kluber. <laughs> <laughs> And if and if it's not Kluber, who has only had a ten and ten season with an ERA around four, it'll be Drew Rasmussen, who's eleven and seven with a two point eight four ERA. I mean, they got pitchers, as you know. Their weakness is scoring runs because of the seventy two homers they lost. But they still have a Rosarina, you know, twenty homers, ninety RBIs. They have Paredes, twenty homers, fifty RBIs. Yandy Diaz is hitting two ninety seven with a four oh three OBP. What is that? What is that real? Isn't that to me like 3.30 and 4.30? Right. <laughs> um, and and G-Man Choi has fallen off a cliff this year. He's got 10 homers and 50 RBIs. Can he come back? And finally, the biggest wild card of all, not only is Glasnow coming back, but Juan DeFranco missed like two months. And he came back, and when you look at his numbers, he's hitting 270. He was so great last year. He's 21 years old. He's come back and played like four weeks, and he's hitting like 315. So I'm betting on a lot of guys to get healthy immediately, not next week, immediately. I don't know if that's realistic, but I'll say it again. I'm not going to pick the chalk. So I got the Rays beating the Guardians and then beating the Yankees, which they always play great against the Yankees okay. for some reason. And in the in the other division, I have whoever you want to pick. I don't know the Mariners well. I know the Blue Jays pretty well because I like them and they're at home. Oh, the Rays' big weakness, if you're a Guardians fan, is they're not as good on the road remotely as they are at home. Yeah. So that's a problem. I'm just looking for two stud seven-inning pitching from McClanahan and Glasnow where they get at least one of those games, but hopefully both. But I won't pick games like uh, Rick does. He's just better at that than me. So I got the Blue Jays, but then I got whoever wins that losing to the Astros. So I have the Rays and the Astros in the uh, – American League Championship Series. Astros, again, interesting. They've had a, a, some uh, real uh, wild kind of tangos the last couple of years in the postseason. I'll say this, if it's Kluber in Game 3 against Cleveland, <laughs> that'll be something where there might finally be some residual benefit to him never being the same since they ran him into the ground in the 2016 postseason. That could actually pay Yeah, off. you're right. If it ends yeah, up, right. uh, he he was never quite the same after that. I mean, not not Andrew Miller fall off cliff wise, but uh, never quite the same. So, all right. So we've got uh, thus far. I'm saying Houston and the Yankees, and uh, Steve has it being uh, Houston and Tampa Bay. How do you see it yeah. uh, shaping up there, Ken? Well, just to put a little footnote to what you guys are talking about with Kluber, wouldn't it be nice to, since he was traded for Classe? Class A would come in and close and win the game uh-huh. uh, against Tampa. Yeah, but uh, because well, he's been a lot, lot better, he's been a lot better than Kluber. I can say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That just kind of stood out to me a little bit there. But uh, I just I watched because we're in the Cleveland market very closely. I watched the three game series and without McClanahan and the, the, um, the guys you were talking about, Steve. Um, that was that game. Those two teams are evenly matched, but that might be well, McClanahan and all those other guys coming in here. Both teams have pitching. Uh, they've got bullpens. Um, I have to give the edge to Francona as far as the manager goes in this series. So, and the fact that they play small ball too, I like the Guardians. But then I always get hurt when I bet with my heart. 
And so I'm going to go with Tampa on this. Okay. Gosh, it pains me to say that. But I think that's going to be a really fun series uh, because each team does something. They're punching Judy hitters with the, with the Guardians. Yeah. But that wins close three-game series. Uh, it's not the home run that always wins it now. Um, so, and, so I'm going to go with uh, Tampa against New York. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I got to go down and give. Uh, you got Seattle, Toronto well, on the other side. Yeah, and I I like the Jays a lot because I'm with Steve on this. Uh, Astros are cheaters, and they should never ever win a game. They should never even be in the damn playoffs. Pardon my language, but. That's just me. So I'm kind of like passing over that, like with Steve. But uh, I have the Jays and the Astros, and yeah. And then Astros are going to lose to probably the Yankees, is what I'm seeing, because I see Tampa Bay will play the Yankees. And I think that's going to be a great series, too. The thing with the Yankees is you just can't keep hitting home runs. And when they don't hit home runs, the Yankees, that is, they're, uh, the Krypton is gone. They just—they're just like an average team, I think. So maybe I'm underselling them on that, but they hit home runs, home runs, home runs, and when they don't, you know, the pipeline is turned off. No, you, so. they rely a lot. No, you're right about that, and that's where it is funny here as far as uh, Houston goes because I too look at things in terms of spite, but I'm always looking at it differently than you two guys. I've always got bigger fish to fry, whether it be the Yankees, the Red Sox when they would play them. In this case, Toronto, which I respect what they have there as far as the team goes, uh, but I loathe Mark Shapiro, that condescending a-hole who would always <laughs> preach to people in this town about how unappreciative they were, what a genius he was. Don't you people know that I reinvented baseball? Uh, I hate that a-hole. So, you know, I, I would, uh, you know, I, I would I would be rooting for, for Houston over them, and uh, I, I think they're going to beat them, but that's where, <laughs> yeah. I just, I've always got somebody I, I hate more than uh, the Astros. That's always kind of a funny thing with me. We're all motivated by spite, but we're all motivated by spite in different ways. So, people are different odds. That's, that's why we're fans, though, Rick. Exactly. We exactly. are fans for a reason. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's look at the uh, League Championship Series here. Uh, I've got it being Houston over the uh, Yankees in seven. Because I think it's one of these things, again, where uh, for the Yankees, I, I think it's guilty until proven innocent. Uh, Houston has had their number going back to the 2015 wild card game. And, again, I agree with what you said, Ken, uh, that uh, the Yankees are, uh, a, a, again, as, as, as scary as they are, and probably nobody in baseball is scarier in terms of power. Uh, but when they don't have it, and you can't always count on that being the case in October, then they don't have as much. So... This could be a series reminiscent, perhaps, of the 2001 World Series, where uh, the Yankees, when they beat the Diamondbacks, they beat the crap out of them. Uh, but then they lost the close ones. And I think we're going to see more of that again here. So I've got Houston coming out of the American League, much to the chagrin of both of you guys. And I, I believe I'm out on a, on a limb with you guys on this one here. And either one of you, too, I'm sure, is going to have this. So... Uh, Ken, I'll start with you. Uh, who do you see coming out of the American League with that, that championship series? Oh, that pains me to say this, but maybe they'll get their comeuppance 
in the World Series. I'm going to have to go with the Astros. They oh, are yeah. a good team. Okay. And now that it gets down there, maybe the Dodgers will just lay the wood to them. Again, a little bit of spike coming out for me again. But uh, okay, uh, whoever they whoever they play, I hope they lose. But uh, they are they, they're loaded. Uh, the Astros are, but uh, so I'm going to go with the Astros coming out of it again. The Yankees, to me, are the wild card. It could go back. You were mentioning Rick also about how if they don't hit home runs, there's going to be they're going to win a couple close games. If they do hit home runs, we're talking the 1960 Pirates Yankees World Series. Yeah, uh, in my mind, and uh, so that's going to be kind of fun to watch. See if it transpires that way. Yeah, it could. It could. I, I see them struggling in the closer games. Steve, uh, how do you see the uh, championship series shaking out in the American League and yielding a World Series team? I'm going to go raise over Astros out of total spite. Uh, <laughs> in, in for a penny, in for a pound. Okay. Um, if everything breaks right for them, I think they can absolutely compete with the Astros, and I think they will beat the Yankees. Going back to the Yankees just briefly, because... I'm obviously watching them all year. I think the biggest yeah. problem now is in their bullpen. Aside from aside from what Ken was saying, yeah, if they don't hit home runs. And, and you know, I'll just give you some numbers. So Stanton hit his 30th homer yesterday. He's batting 210. Rizzo mm-hmm. has 32 homers. He's batting 227. Uh-huh. And that's why it's so incredible to me. Judge with 61 homers and 130 RBIs is hitting 311. I mean, that's 100 points more than Stanton. I mean, it's just incredible to me. But And, and all the talk about Roger Maris, what people forget is Mantle, I mean, everybody knows Mantle hit 54 and got hurt the last two weeks of the year. Nobody right. booed that, that Billy Crystal thing where they booed him in Yankee Stadium. That's total, total crap. But everybody wanted Mantle to do it. Mantle was God. Mantle was the Maggio. Mantle was it. But when he got hurt, people still wanted Maris to do it. Um, and I believed and still believe today there should be 154 games, Babe Ruth, and now Aaron Judge. Because uh, he did it in less than 154 games. And 161 games, Roger Maris. And it was like that. There never was an asterisk. But as I thought, I heard the history of it now. There were two records. It said in the record, in the record book, 154 games, Babe Ruth 60. 162 games, Roger Maris 61. Don't forget, both of you guys know that was an expansion year, so it was easier to hit. Yeah. Not taking anything away from Maris. But that wasn't changed in the official record book until 1991. And then they just said, let's get rid of all the 154-game records. Okay. George Sisler, 257 hits, one of the greatest records of all time. Ichiro beat it, 262 hits. But if George Sisler had eight more games, guess what? I think he might have got five hits or more. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get off the path, but I think football's the worst. They should have 12, 14, 16, and 17-game record books. Jim Brown, 12 games at the beginning. Never played more than 14. Whatever, I digress. Well, I just want to talk about the Yankees' bullpen briefly. Okay. Um, they lost Michael King for the year, and, and people who don't really watch the Yankees, they got like seven real good relievers. I mean, yes, they, they tried do. to even bring back Zach Britton, but he was so bad the last two games, he's not even going to be on the at least the beginning playoff roster. He came back from injury, I think. I don't, I don't know. I think it was Tommy John. came back from a long injury, pitched two or three times, and was awful. Uh, and he's great, you know, great lefty reliever if he's healthy. But Michael King is gone. He was great. They just announced today, nobody even knows who this is, Ron Marinaccio. He can't, he can't pitch for the Yankees, and he's on the 15-day DL. IL, I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, this guy is lights out. Nobody knows who he is. 40 games, 
40 relief appearances for the Yankees, 2.05 ERA, and a 149 batting average against. And he pitched in some big spots for the Yankees. So he's gone. I can't even tell you who the Yankees' closer is. I don't think it's going to be Chapman. Gives up too many home runs. Has always been an up-and-down guy in the past. And Clay Holmes, who had like a 0.35 ERA in the first half, has kind yeah. of blown up. He's got 20 saves. But I, I don't think uh, they know who the closer is yet. Okay. I guess it's going to be closer by committee. So that's another reason why I kind of like the Rays. The Rays... The Rays, I think, just always play the Yankees tough, and they like they turn the game into a scrum. You go, how can these guys play with these guys? But they always yeah. have. They haven't won, and I agree with Ken's analysis of the managers with the Guardians and the Rays because uh, Kevin Cash will say the rest of his life, oh, yeah, I would have pulled Blake Snell again. Yeah, it was the third time. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And, and he, more than anybody, has stolen the possibility of a world championship for Tampa Bay. So I just thought, frankly, they'd win one of these years. I didn't know all those guys were going to get hurt, obviously. Yeah, but I think yeah. Tampa Bay can beat the Astros. The Astros, as you guys, I mean, Altuve, 28 homers, 57 RBIs. He's sitting 296 with a 911 OPS, and he's 18 for 19 in stolen base. I mean, yeah. I mean, those are video game numbers. Kyle Tucker, who was a non-entity two years ago, you know, 29 homers, 104 RBIs. Uh, the the most dangerous guy now, I think, is Jordan Alvarez, right? 37 homes, 96 yep. RBIs. He's, he's hitting 301, so that's judge-like to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, and their pitches are, I think Verland is going to win the Cy Young. He trailed off a little at the end, but he finished 17-4 and four with a 1.80 ERA. I think he's the Cy yeah. Young winner. They're deep at pitcher. They're good in the bullpens. Ryan Presley has 32 saves. They're going to be very, very tough to beat. But again, I, I wouldn't pick them if they. This was a horse race, Rick, and they were ten lengths the best. I wouldn't pick them to win. I'm sorry. So, yeah. I got Tampa Bay beating the Astros. Well, That'll make at least Ken Debwiler and Steve Callis happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, indeed. And and just another side note: Tracy Stallard, uh, yeah, pitcher who had gave up that home run with um, Roger Maris. Yeah, and Maris had been an MVP the year before and was an MVP that year. So he was a chopped, he was a chopped liver. Yeah, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame again for another time. But, you know, he went to the Cardinals and really helped them win in uh, 67. I don't think he was he there did. in 64. Yeah. And he was a great right fielder, and he had a gun for an arm. And, again, if you didn't see these guys play at some point in the 60s, you just don't know. Whoever talks about Roger Maris's arm, nobody. Right. I think he should have been in the Hall of Fame. It was very sad. Oh, the one guy who did say... Uh, if Judge hit 62, he's got the record, was Roger Maris Jr., who went to every game for like yes. four or five games at Yankee Stadium. Then he went up to Toronto for three games. He didn't go to Texas, but he was right. probably with the team for like, you know, literally 10, 12 days. He said, and I agree with him, that if, if Judge hit 62, he's got the all-time record. Yeah. And then again, for obvious reasons, I think there was some, we'll find out after the fact, that there was some kind of memo from the commissioner or something, because I have not heard one announcer on one station, Fox, Yes Network, anywhere they talked about it, I have not heard what ESPN Sunday night, I have not heard one word about, well, maybe we should question those records. And they're already accepted 20 years after, 25 years after. So, you know, 50 years from now, 75 years from now, it's, it's going to be like they never even did any stuff. Well, yeah, but that's the nature of the beast. I mean, the NFL... I, I think they had, they were running around with a cattle prod threatening anybody on Thursday Night Football that was going to talk about Tua having two concussions in five days. Okay, so, I mean, everybody's in the pocket of 
whoever they're You're broadcasting right. Right. for. I mean, it's, it's yeah. sad, but it's inevitable in this day and age. By the way, as far as media goes, uh, we have a contender based on what you said. I thought we had the FDH Lounge Flip and Save Prediction of the Year, but you, Steve Callis, saying that Tampa Bay, 20th in baseball in OBP, is going to come out of the American League. You are neck and neck with Chris Galloway, our FDH Lounge dignitary, who said before the season, mind you, before the season, after the season, Robert Kraft is going to say, I need my Mike McDaniel. I gotta go get a young genius. Bye bye, Bill Belichick. So you are now wow. neck and neck with that prediction, saying that OBP twenty Tampa Bay is gonna come out of the American <laughs> League. Credit for guts, man. Same thing I said to Chris when he said it. Credit for guts. He went out on a limb. You're going out on a limb, but uh, you guys have uh, made it happen before when you've gone out on a limb. Uh, turning to the National League uh, in the uh, initial round here, I'm gonna say. St. Louis over Philly in two. I, I think they can blow through that in consecutive games. I'm going to say the Mets over San Diego in two. There's the potential for it to go three, but uh, San Diego having uh, some depth issues here uh, at the moment. They could certainly use Tatis if he hadn't drugged himself halfway to kingdom come, uh, but uh, unfortunately for them that wasn't the case. Uh, in the divisional series, I'm going to say Dodgers over the Mets in five. Uh, I think it's going to be shades of 88 as far as a very entertaining series between these teams here. I think it's going to be a fun series, a great series back and forth. And uh, interestingly enough, when you look at that, and with the, the, the Mets uh, being the draw in there uh, as the uh, highest wild card team, I think uh, Atlanta as the two seed actually draws uh, an easier path here. I'm going to say Atlanta over St. Louis and four. St. Louis is not a pushover, uh, but I'd rather be facing them than the Mets. Even with the Mets' problems of the last week or two weeks or whatever, you look at the totality of what they've done this year, you look at the murderer's row of pitching uh, that they have to be able to throw out there. I'd rather be facing St. Louis. So I think it shapes up well uh, for Atlanta. And uh, I think we're looking at a third consecutive Dodgers, Atlanta, and LCS. Uh, these two teams have been the best teams in uh, the National League over the two years previous. Of course, again, the Mets were leading the East for most of the way here until Atlanta ran them down. Uh, but uh, again, it would be very fitting if we get the rubber match between these teams in the LCS. I think that's what we're going to get. I'll throw it to you, Ken. How do you see it shaping up heading into the championship series in the National League? Okay, I'm going to go. The cards are kind of like my uh, Cinderella team, my sweetheart team, because of the guys that are going to be leaving probably at the end of the year or at the end of the year. Um, so it would be a nice farewell to the uh, big three there that uh, have been the Cardinals, really, for years and years and years uh, recently. So I think in two games, they, they knock out the Phillies. And then I'm going to jump right down to the next bracket, if that's all right. We're going to go. Okay. I, You know, the thing with the Mets really bothers me because I've seen teams, and I know it's at different levels, but when you run wire to wire in first place and then you play the Braves, your nemesis, and they just take it, they just take you behind the woodshed and just beat you. I just think that's a blow to their egos, and it's gonna. I'm gonna be curious to watch how they react. Now today the Mets won, uh, I believe it was today, and uh, and I just so, but you know, it wasn't the Braves. So 
I'm going to go with the Padres in three over the Mets. Um, and uh, then I'm going to take it on, going back up to the upper bracket again. I think the Cardinals are going to play the Braves. I think the Braves just have an organization for some, whatever reason. Um, I think they're going to beat the Cardinals uh, in, the, in the five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then I would love to watch the Padres beat the, beat the Dodgers. Sure. But I think that's going to be another thing, like Steve was saying, with the, with the Rays playing the Yankees. You know, that's, they're in their division. They, they do not like each other. Right. And, uh, and the, the Dodgers kind of just beat the sugar out of them all year. Sure. The Padres, that is. So, that might be a good thing for them. Motivation, I'm sure this motivation at this point should be a, a no-brainer anyway. But, um, so, I'm taking the Padres against the Dodgers. Uh, and then, I'm going to go, with you, Rick, I'm going to say the Braves are playing the playing the Dodgers to see who's going to come out, and um, and I'll have to go with the Dodgers on that. Okay, all right, and that uh, again, uh, not going out on a limb either one of us uh, because these have been the two best teams in the National League two seasons previous. Uh, they deservedly ended up being in the championship series in those years. If they meet up again, it will surprise nobody. Uh, Counselor Callis, uh, are you going the same path as uh, me and Ken, or are you uh, deviating in an interesting kind of a way? Mm, not really deviating in an interesting way in the National League. Just so you guys know, hot off the press, I just got a text. And Aaron Judge in the second game of the doubleheader in his first at bat hit number 62. Okay. Yay! Good for him. So, I think, I think good for him. What a classy guy, you know, and well-respected around the league. But um, I just thought you guys would want to know when that happened. Uh, as for yeah, the National League, I, I got the Cardinals over the Phillies. Um, although I do have a concern, and I know you like the Cardinals a lot, Ken, but when you look at their, they don't have, they have a lot of good pitchers who used to be really good pitchers. Right. Yes. But I don't know who their race is. It's not Wainwright. He'll go out and pitch. Or Hudson, Quintana, Stephen Matz. Right. I actually like Jordan Montgomery. I thought it was absurd that the Yankees traded a good lefty pitcher yes. for a speedy center fielder who had plantar fasciitis and literally didn't play for seven weeks after they got him. Um, and I don't know even that the Yankees needed another outfielder. But uh, I would expect that Jordan Montgomery might be among, you know, he's 6-3 and three with the Cardinals, a 3.0 ERA. Um, I would think he might be one of their three starters because I don't know who their three starters are because they really don't have even a number one or a number two, frankly. Yeah. But offensively, and these guys are all, you know, Arenado and Goldschmidt are potential gold lovers, but I think Goldschmidt does win the Triple Crown. When I looked a couple of days ago, he was in the top. He's not going to win the Triple Crown, but he's um, he's um, in the top five in all three categories. Again, he's got 35, 114. He's batting 319. That's 340 today to me. Right. Arenado is just a little behind him in everything, but he's got 30, 102 RBIs. He's hitting 292. Goldschmidt has a 986 OPS. Arenado has an 891 OPS. And somebody woke up Pujols because he's got more homers than anyone. I think if Judge just hit a homer, he tied him. He tied Pujols for the most home runs since like August 15. And the number was like 17 homers. And that's in six or seven weeks. So I'm a little worried about the Cardinals, but I think they'll beat the Phillies, although I will say the Phillies can trot out. Wheeler's been real good for the Phillies. 
Arandola, if he's on, he threw six and two thirds. He retired the first eighteen yesterday. Mm-hmm. First eighteen guys he pitched, he faced. And but you don't know if he's a one off. You know, I say to, I say to you, Severino on the Yankees pitched, you know, seven innings and no hit ball. And, you know, what about the other stars. Um, so I'd still like the Cardinals over the Phillies. I think the Phillies, what a what an anti-Yankee turnaround. They fired Joe Girardi at 22 and 29. They hired Rob Thompson, who was Girardi's bench coach for like 10 years in New York. And I think they have the best record since he got hired. And they just eked into the playoffs. But good for them. But I like the Cardinals. Uh, I thought that if the Mets, if, if, and I certainly said on the podcast with Joe Stazak, if Scherzer's 100% healthy in pitching and, and DeGrom's 100% healthy in pitching, I think they can win the whole thing. Yeah. But having said that, I think the numbers are now like 20 starts combined since they've both been healthy. And DeGrom is 5-4 and four with an over-3 ERA. And I believe they were 10-10 ten and ten in those 20 starts, not the pitcher's record, but the Mets' record. And then, as you said, Ken, they go out to, uh, they go down to Atlanta and get their heads kicked in. Danby Swanson hits a home run off of DeGrom in the first game. It's a home run off of Scherzer in the second game. It's a home run over Bassett, who is a real good number three, in the yep. third game. And I think, much as I like Buck Walter, I think you can make a case for Buck Walter as a Hall of Famer. I think he needs to win a championship. But yes. those guys are not what they were. And I have more trust in Scherzer now, even though if they're both at their best, I think DeGrom is one of the best pitchers we've ever seen. But he hasn't been healthy long enough. And he doesn't have a big postseason resume, you know. Uh, and obviously Scherzer does. But I don't think, I'm picking the Mets to beat the Padres, but then I'm picking the Dodgers to beat the Mets and the Braves to beat the Cardinals. So I am like you guys, I guess, insofar as I have the Braves and the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. Okay, very interesting. And to your point about the Cardinals, yes, 14th NFIP and tied for 12th in ERA plus. So that is one of those things here. When you're looking at the top of the rotation for St. Louis, uh, if they have an Achilles heel, uh, it's the fact that they don't have one guy to hand the ball to to say, uh, go out there and uh, just murder the other team. Now, they have guys that are capable of getting it done. And, and I think Jordan Montgomery is probably the likeliest of them at this point. Uh, but uh, they, they, don't, uh, you know, they don't have anybody that is, you know, much like, you know, the, the Mets have a few of those guys, or the Dodgers, or some of these other teams here. So, and looking at the uh, championship series here, there is a dynamic in terms of these teams. So like I said, it's, it would be the rubber match between them the last couple of years. And when you talk about this era of baseball, you go back to 2017 with the Dodgers and the Astros, and they have rotated being in the World Series since then with uh, the Astros being in in 2019 and 2021, the Dodgers in 2018 and 2020. Uh, of course, Houston famously beat the Dodgers uh, in 2017. I don't think the Dodgers have stopped whining about it since. Uh, the Dodgers got their world championship in uh, 2020, the whole uh, COVID-flavored season that we ended up having in 2020. They got in there then. So I am picking... Uh, that we are going to see, uh, and again, we've seen it with one of these two teams in the World Series every year since. We get both of them this year. We get the rematch. I already picked Houston out of the American League. I'm going to pick the Dodgers in the National League. I think it is going to be an epic. I'm going to say seven games with Atlanta, and I think it's going to be two teams at the height of their powers going at it. I think it's going to be a real war, but probably 
more than anything else, I'm going to look at uh, pitching in the end uh, with the Dodgers. That uh, they are uh, they're fourth in FIT, but first in ERA plus. And uh, again, Atlanta's way up there as well, second and third respectively in, in the categories here. But uh, I, I think that edge in terms of starting pitching, that's why I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I'm saying Dodgers and Astros in the World Series. Ken, uh, do you see it shaping up the same way? Yeah, I well, I, of course, when we met the last time, uh, when we did our season predictions, I took the Mets versus the Sox. And like Rick, you and I were talking off air. It was um, the Sox was such an underachieving team. So, yeah. but the Mets, like I said, Mets really came through. Uh, and then Steve, I, you know, I'm digressing here, but Judge is a class act, and I don't, you know, throw roses and flowers and all the other things at Yankee people at all. But um, being from Cleveland, so, but. Jeter was the only other guy I had a in recent memory that had the same kind of class and uh, played the game the right way, in my opinion, and judges the same as Jeter. So, but if there I digress. Um, I think I, I've got the Dodgers beating the Astros in seven. I would like to say four because of spite and just sweep their butts, but... Um, yeah, okay. that's where I'm going. Since you jumped ahead to predictions, then we'll just do that as part of this round as well. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. We'll, we'll do that now. I'm going to say Dodgers over Houston in six. So I'm going to uh, say that they end up getting their uh, revenge here at this point. Uh, and uh, maybe they can shut up about 2020, uh, 2017 finally if they get it done in 2022. Something tells me that they won't, however. Uh, but uh, I, I think that's going to be a very epic World Series. I'll even uh, tell you the uh, MVP. I think it's going to be Freddie Freeman. I think he's going to have a big World Series for the second year in a row. So I'm going to say uh, Dodgers over Houston in uh, six games. And, uh, again, I, I think that will be one for the ages. I think the best series that we're going to see is going to be the National League Championship Series, but I think the World Series is going to be very good as well. So uh, how do you see it going, uh, Steve? Well, you know, if I'm going halfway, I'm going all the way. So I got the Rays beating the Dodgers in seven. Um, yes, I agree with you on the Dodgers pitching, but I've said this for many years. Clayton Kershaw is average in the postseason. You know, last year he threw eight shutout innings against somebody in one of those one, you know, 15 teams from the top playoff games at the beginning of the year, the playing game. And, you know, that's going to bring his ERA down. But as a pitcher in the postseason, he has been average at best. I don't know what happened to Gonsolin because he's hardly pitched at all. He just came back the other day. But you're right, they're very deep. I mean, Anderson's 15-5. and five. Reyes is 17 and 7. They all have ERAs in the twos, and mostly in the low twos. Yep. It's incredible. But I'm not sold on Kimbrell as a World Series winning closer. But I, I also see now that there, David Price just came back, and he's happy to be a reliever. And he's had a couple of outings, I think. He just came off the injured list. So much of this depends on what are these guys. For example, the Dodgers don't have Walker Buehler. To me, he's been their best playoff pitcher postseason pitcher for a few years now. Right. Even though Clayton Kershaw is Clayton Kershaw. But they're also loaded, obviously. I'll just give you some more talking about the batting averages. Max Muncy, 21 homers, 69, 69 RBIs. He's hitting 198. Mm -hmm. 
Cody Bellinger, 18 homers, 66 RBIs. He's in 207. But they're still loaded because they got Mookie, you know, 35 homers. Trey Turner is not only 20 homers, 97 RBIs, and hitting 298. He's 27 for 30 on stolen bases. Yep. Freddie Freeman, who you don't think of, to me anyway, you might think of him as a good base runner, but not a base stealer. He's 20 homers, 98 RBIs. He's hitting 325, battling Goldsmith for the batting title. And oh, by the way, he's 13 for 15 on stolen bases. Right. I thought it was wow. a misprint, but I checked it twice. You know, I mean, they just, they're so loaded. Um, but I'll still go. Since I'm going, I just speak to Chris Galloway, just tell him, you know, either great minds think alike or fools go to the same bar or whatever. They, I'm not sure which it is, but I like my chances better than his, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> I don't know, man. 20th and OBP in baseball versus Bill Belichick's getting fired after the season. I say six of one, half dozen of another. <laughs> Well, I might call, I, but I might call you in three days and ask you if you can erase that part of the uh, race get beat in two. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that was the medication, Rick. It was the medication I was on. Well, listen, <laughs> predictions are notoriously finicky, right? Because I go back to my preseason prediction, and the, the biggest underachieving camp loads in baseball this year were the White Sox. I had Atlanta over the White yeah. Sox in six in the World Series. So, again, you know, time... Uh, makes a fool out of us all. And the funny thing is, that was a relatively chalky pick. I wasn't even going out on a limb. So if you're wrong, you can at least be like, well, look at what the odds were, Rick. You know, same kind of a thing. Like, you know, I yep. I bombed on the White Sox when they were one of the chalkiest picks to come out of the American League. So I, yep. I played it safe and I still got burned. So that will sometimes happen. But uh, we will uh, hopefully uh, get a chance to uh, reconvene for the World Series as we've done the last couple of years. So uh, any thoughts uh, between now and then? I'll start with you, uh, Ken. Any thoughts on uh, this October uh, postseason we've just broken down? Well, my MVP would have been Mookie Betts for the Dodgers. Because I don't know where Solar went to, but he disappeared after last year. So Yeah. So, and then I picked him in the fantasy league. So that tells you how much I know. Sure. So, but I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be fun. There are always surprises. I know what Steve said is true that there are more and more teams. But you know, we've all brought up ideas and teams and reasons for those teams to excel and move forward in the playoffs. So I respect the Dickens out of both of you guys and what you know about the game. And uh, I just think it's going to be fun, fun, fun. And uh, as long as the Strohs don't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you're winning a championship, it's always fun, which uh, I should uh, mention this as well here. Uh, Congratulations to the champions of our old school baseball league this year, Kraken's Lions, avenging the 2005 loss in the championship to the uncanny red tacos all these years later i i knew i knew i said to my partner paul pasick i knew when we drew you like oh ken has been waiting a while for this one and licking his chops and uh, indeed it came to pass i'll never forget that one came down to a sunday night baseball game it was five five and uh basically it, what it was coming down to we needed bobby and brady not to score a run on sunday yeah. night baseball 
I'll never forget being in a Parma, Ohio bar with good old boat shoes himself watching that one. There's an old school reference on the show. And yes. uh, successfully freezing uh, here, uh, you know, putting the whammy on Bobby Abreu. But uh, years later, uh, you got your revenge. So congratulations, Ken. Yeah. And, uh, well, thank as, you. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun to be in the, uh, the winner's circle. Hopefully Paul and I will get back there, uh, my, my co-owner and I next year. So, uh, Steve, do you have any uh, closing thoughts here before we uh, wrap it up? No, not really. I'm disappointed there are more teams in the playoffs. I understand the uh, mathematics of it all works out and everybody makes more money, but I'm still disappointed. I think it is essentially going to be a favorites um, World Series. I would not be at all surprised if it's Astros-Dodgers. If the Astros weren't cheaters, but again, as you know, Rick, I never pick all the favorites. Um, but I hope they get beat as much as anything can the Yankees do it? The answer is, to me, a week maybe. I think at the beginning of the year it was all smoke and mirrors. They were winning like crazy. They were hitting like crazy. And then they got a few injuries, and their pitching yep. kind of left them, and their hitting kind of left them. And towards the end of the year, it's been everybody following Judge. And there weren't very many other, uh, other contributions. So I will say I'm thrilled for the year for baseball. Pujols gets 700. Uh, Judge gets 62. I think that's fantastic for the game. But I'll say it again. I hope some people mention more than the American League home run record. It's like everybody's either been bribed or been brainwashed or been threatened to not say anything about that other league, the National League. Well, that's that's how these leagues operate here. Bribing, brainwashing, threatening, whatever. Whether it be concussions <laughs> in the NFL or anything like that. I, I remember the 2009 NBA draft, uh, the day that uh, Michael Jackson passed away. And I swear to God, man, it's like they were running around with cattle prods, like, don't anybody mention them. And finally, somebody later on in the draft mentioned about, oh, the sad thing of Michael Jackson. I'm just like, dude, you're, you're getting hit with a taser gun for talking about that. You know what I mean? You just right. went off message. Right. So yep. the leagues want you to be on message. And, and, and that's the overweening thought here for really any sport, sadly enough. But uh, to bring it back to uh, a, a nicer thought here, I think we're going to be in for a very exciting October. I can't wait for the games to start. I know you guys can't wait as well. Like I said, hopefully we will be able to reconvene to preview the World Series in a few weeks, as we generally do. Uh, but in the meantime, I cannot thank you both enough, Ken Detweiler and Steve Callis, two of our favorite FDH Lounge dignitaries. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you, everybody, for checking out FDH Lounge mini-episode 1530.